Today is September the 19th, and I want to start today's podcast by honoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a moment of silence. Thank you. couple questions for you as we start today's episode and going forward. First one, what are your biggest money challenges? The second one, what are you hoping to learn about your money? Hi, everyone. Thank you once again for joining the Dan Roman podcast. I am your money and financial coach, Dan Roman, and I greatly appreciate your time, your attention. I want to thank you so much for sending in comments, for rating, for subscribing to this podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, please do so. The more people that know about this podcast, the better. This way we can connect to more people. We can make this thing called personal finances go viral and we can really affect some change in our personal lives and also in the people that we know and love. Today we're talking transportation and how this fits into your budget. There's many things that impact the budget. We know this in a previous podcast. I spoke about percentages. So let's just first start there. Total transportation costs should not be more than 10% of your monthly take-home pay. This means gas, repairs, and maintenance should not be more than 10% month-to-month of your take-home pay. However, if this month is 15% of your take-home pay, but next month it's, you know, 7% of your take-home pay, like, you net... You net the difference, right? Like you, you balance it off eventually. But month to month, 10% of your take-home pay should be spent on transportation. This does not include insurance. Insurance is a different category. But with this, you have to keep in mind that in that 10%, if you have a car note, if you owe money on your vehicle, this constitutes as part of that 10%. So the first guideline is stay at 10% or under of your take-home pay for transportation costs. And secondly, if you have a car payment, we got to figure out how to get rid of this. Car payments have proven proven to essentially kill your finances month to month and through the span of the car loan, mostly because A, the majority of people don't put put down a strong enough down payment to have a manageable manageable monthly payment. Secondly, we're only obsessed with how much per month. We don't really look at the real cost of anything. So if you look at car commercials or ads, the only thing they quote is how much down and how much per month. They never quote you the actual price. It might be written on the screen or on the ad, but strategically it's placed and designed in a way so that the car itself stands out, not the number. We never hear the total price of a vehicle. All we hear are monthly payments because they they know this is how consumers are behaving. All we care about as a society is how much per month. So getting rid of the car note is 
probably the most important thing within your budget to anyone at any stage. If you have a car note, you have to get rid of it because financially you're killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot each time you make a payment. Especially considering that the average car payment for a new car is over $500. Not including insurance yet. So how to work in transportation costs inside of a budget? Well, stay within or under 10% of your, of your take-home pay towards transportation. Secondly, if you have a car note, get rid of it. And then next, I just want to discuss like some tips on what you can do to reduce your transportation costs so that it fits inside of your budget. And besides getting out of debt is possibly looking at other ways to get to where you want to go. Me personally, I'm driving a lot less because of COVID. I haven't been at my office since March the 8th. I've been working from home since March the 9th. So I'm driving a lot less than I used to. So the first thing that we have to our benefit is that commute time, transportation time is has been cut down. So that means we're not spending as much on gas, repairs, or maintenance because our cars are parked. Did you know a car did overall? Americans owe more than $1.2 trillion in auto loan debt. Debt on cars makes up about 10% of all consumer debt. So you take all consumer debt, cars are about 10% of it. On average, Americans take out about $51 billion in car loans. And on average, each year, there's about 2.3 million new car loans each month. 2.3 million new car loans each month. On average, Americans borrow $32,000 for new vehicles and about $20,000 for used vehicles. This, These stats are thanks to LendingTree um, on an analysis they did back in January of 2020. Many people that I've spoken to and coach have more than one vehicle. And sometimes they can be paid for. And sometimes they are not paid for. They have two car payments. Look, current times, you don't need two cars. And really, most families don't need two cars when they consider their lifestyle, like their life. The reason I say that is because I say we have a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, right, where only one is working and the other one is home caring and nurturing and raising a child or more there's no really there's no major need to have two vehicles one sitting in the driveway and the other one at work when you can get rid of the second one and then the stay at home parent can drive the working parent to and from work every day so that the car is available to the stay at home parent in the case of an emergency or to run errands and the working parent can have a ride to and from. Also, that working parent can carpool with a coworker. That working parent can take public transportation. So there's ways to to manage um, transportation costs and how to reduce them like dramatically. And if you do have a second car and you're like, you know what? Yeah, we do have to get rid of this A for the car payment. B, we're not using it. There's ways that you can get out of a car note and sell your vehicle 
So what you would do is first find the Kelly Blue Book value of your car. Not wholesale or retail, but private sale. If you were to put a sign on it and leave it on your front lawn for a month, what will somebody off of the street pay for? That's private sale. Typically, private sale, you will get more dollar for dollar for a sale of a car than a car dealership. Car dealerships are looking for profit. So they're going to pay you a lot less for your car so they can gain as much profit as possible. So as a private sale, what you would do is you would look up the value of your vehicle and then compare that to the remaining balance on your loan. So if your car is worth $15,000 through Kelly Blue Book private sale, that means you can sell it for or around $15,000. Now, let's say you have a car loan at $16,000. You have to find a way to cover the $1,000 difference. You sell it for fifteen, you owe the bank sixteen. where the other $1,000 is coming from. Or the situation might be that the car is worth $15,000 and the car loan is has a balance of $13,000. That means you have a surplus of $2,000. You owe thirteen. you sell the car for fifteen. So I realistically, it gives you a little bit of a margin of error. If you sell it for less than fifteen, you're still in a safe spot. If you sell it for or exactly 15, you end up winning. So that's a way that you can sell your vehicle. And then, you know, be, having an open line of communication with the potential buyer and the bank, letting them know like, hey, I'm selling this vehicle. Um, I, I, I need to get out of it. The car payments are too high and we don't need a second car. And also letting the seller know, hey, I still owe on this vehicle. I'm going to pay the difference if I'm short and I'm going to send you the title of the vehicle once I get it. Probably worth for a different podcast, but I just wanted to drop that in there. Transportation doesn't have to be as expensive as we make it seem. We want to drive cars that send out a status symbol to everyone everyone that's watching us. I used to be that person. I had two or three cars at a given time. I had a Mercedes-Benz with 20-inch rims on it. I had a Toyota Camry for my long commutes. It's pointless, Right, I wanted everybody to see me in the Mercedes, and I wanted no one to see me in the Toyota because it was a status thing. It was an image thing. We need to get out of that frame frame of mind, that thinking, if we want to win with money now and long term. And transportation, I find, is an, is a sensitive topic for a lot of people because we all want nice cars, and there's nothing wrong with a nice car. There's nothing wrong with riding in style, but you want to ride in style where you can actually afford it within your budget and within the constraints of the budget that you should be having because you don't want to have 30% of your income going towards a car note. You don't want to have 25% of your income going towards a car note. You are going to be financially strapped. So in a, in a normal period, I would have a lot more tips to save on on transportation costs so it can better work inside of your budget. But with COVID, things have changed. A lot of people are home. I've been home. A lot of people still aren't back to work. But if times were normal, you definitely want to look at the kind of car that you have. You definitely want to look at possibly changing that if you can so that you can lower your maintenance and repair costs through the life of the vehicle. You definitely want to look at car pulling to and from work. You definitely want to look at public transportation. I know the organization that I'm a part of um, during the day, they provide free bus passes on the express bus so if you're commuting from you know town to town and uh, in in the city bus 
in the Connecticut fast track system. So if I wanted to, I can ride a public transportation system for free. Some organizations offer that. You just have to ask. Also, it's worth noting that carpooling, uh, chances are so one of your colleagues lives near or through you. So either way, they're passing by. You guys can alternate. You drive this week, they drive next week. It's a great way to prevent wear and tear on a vehicle, l- maintain um, lower repair and maintenance costs because the vehicle is not on the road as much, but also fuel. And as we know, gas is not necessarily the cheapest thing, despite the fact that there aren't many drivers out there on the road. So transportation costs, just keep in mind in general, should be about 10% of your t- take-home pay or, l- or less. If you have a car note, try to get rid of it. And if you need more information on that, please connect with me privately. You'll see my contact information in the show notes of this podcast. So I can guide you through on how to get rid of a car note and how to get rid of a car. But also consider the fact that you might need to get rid of that second car or that motorcycle or whatever the hell else you're not driving that's just sitting there accumulating dust. Think smart. Think strategically. And remember, 10% of your take-home pay should be allocated towards transportation. If you're less than that, that's even better because you have more money to go towards other places. There is no way that we can build a community without all of us connecting with one another in every way possible, through social, through email, and even through this podcast. So currently, I'm driving my dream car because it's paid for. There is no payment on it. I own this car. I have the title in my hand. I can sell it if I want to. I don't owe no bank, no stinking car payments every month. Like, come on, let's be real. In in one area, though, that I found to have saved a lot of money is in the repair and maintenance aspect of things because I was always, I was always one of these guys that brought the car to the dealership mostly because they gave me a loaner. So the car would be there for the day or for a few hours, but they would give me a car to drive and I would just go run my errands or, you know, go do what I have to do. And that was really the main aspect of things. But nowadays I have a relative who is great with vehicles and he saves me so much money. So when it comes time for repairs and maintenance, first off, get quotes don't just settle for the first thing you 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 hear cars tend to bring a lot of stress and panic because it gives us a sense of being stranded and not being able to move so if you are facing a major car repair where you have some major damage consider getting more than one quote i say get 3 to 5 quotes to see what the prices are and why other than shops having different labor charges per hour, you want to really understand why there's a difference of price, especially if there's a big difference. Secondly, with repairs and maintenance, you really have to consider the total cost of the repair in comparison to the value of the car. If I have a $2,000 car, I'm not going to spend $2,000 to repair a $2,000 car. I'm just going to go buy me another $2,000 car and sell the car that I currently have for whatever I can to then add that to whatever I can buy. So if my, my two thousand dollar car is messed up and I can sell it for a thousand, and I'm willing to spend two thousand dollars in repairs, that means my two thousand plus the thousand I sell this crappy car for is three thousand. I can go buy me a three thousand dollar car. 
But if my car is a $15,000 car, it's worth $15,000, it's paid for, then I, I'm probably going to repair a, the car for two for $2,000. Before I do so, I'm going to get at least three to five different quotes from different repair shops to really understand why there's a fluctuation in pricing and what I'm looking at. Also, when you take your car anywhere for repairs and maintenance, you are going to get a list if if the mechanic is as good of a salesman as they should be to keep you coming back, you're going to get a list of other repairs and things to consider. Don't worry and don't panic. You simply need to ask the mechanic which one of these is the most important, which ones of these can I get away with, and tell me why for both. Because the mechanic will charge you for everything and anything. And if you are unaware and are nervous about the situation going into it, you're going to make an impulse decision to do it all. So keep in mind that you need to operate with a clear head and a clear conscience and ask questions. Finding a mechanic that can save you a lot of money will save your budget month to month and it'll keep your car running for longer because this individual is honest. I'm fortunate again to have a cousin who's phenomenal with vehicles. I've referred many people I know to see him. He's done for the past, I think, two to three years, all of the work on my car exclusively. And my car runs and operates perfectly fine. It, there's over 175,000 miles on this thing. And I'm happy to have him as an option. But not everyone does. So communicate with co-workers, neighbors, your church if you're a part of one, local people in the community, and look at local body shops. Chances are if they are not busy, they're willing to work with you. And ultimately, you want to have a mechanic that's going to show you and teach you, not sell you. And look for an honest mechanic because this individual will not only want to save you money, but also tell you, honestly, what needs to be handled now and what can kind of wait a little bit. Not all repairs need to be repairs. Some of the time, these repairs can just be something that you, you know, air quotes, put, you know, you put back together with tape and glue until you can afford to tackle it on in a more um, structured and permanent way. So sometimes mechanics can buy you a little bit more time all you have to do is ask for it. So one of the big things that I found with saving money on transportation and working it into my budget is finding an honest mechanic that won't charge you an arm and a leg for repairs. And typically this will come from an independent mechanic who is local in town that is honest working for himself and can really just operate with an open heart and he loves what he does and I just think of my cousin every time I I, I speak of a mechanic because he's honest he loves what he does he is out to make your car perform well and make it last longer and the reward that we give him is whatever he decides to charge us which is never enough trust me Well, guys, that is a wrap for today. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for your time. If you found this podcast valuable, informational, resourceful in any way, please share this with someone that you personally know and are connected to so that they can gain something from this also. The way we build a community is for all of us to be connected, engaging with one another, sharing information, uplifting each other up. If at any point in time I have said anything, created anything, or shared something with you, in any way that you have found helpful, life-changing, or informational, 
please share this episode on all your social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Text the link to a friend so that they can listen to this. Listen to this with a loved one at home so we can all make this thing called personal finances go viral so that we can gain control of our money so that we decide what happens, when it happens, and how it happens. Thank you all once again. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. See the show notes of this podcast if you want to reach out to us via social. Visit the website. Send us an email. If you want to be featured on the next podcast, there's a link there also for you to drop in a voice message. And if you want to book a consultation free of charge to discuss your financial position, you can book an appointment there. See appointment times that are available to you real time. We can also book an appointment for your coaching or counseling session as well. And as always, God bless. Peace.